Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm Lisa Watson and we'll be joined by my co-hosts Nicole Frolick and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Enlighten Up is a self-funded podcast. So if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. So happy to have you back with us. I'm here with Lisa and Brian, as always. And today we have a new guest joining the show. Her name is Julia Rogers, and she's also known as the Hummingbird Jewel. She holds a doctorate of divinity through the Universal Life Church and has studied spirituality and metaphysics since 1974. She was influenced at an early age by her own personal experiences of mystical events, clairvoyance, and automatic writing. Her adventures in utilizing her psychic gifts began in 1996, where she was working as a psychic reader for the Psychic Eye Bookstore in Mountain View, California, and she continued to do her readings privately while working in corporate environments for clients. Her business name is Hummingbird Jewel Enterprises, and it's a huge umbrella for many things such as Julia Oil, Reverse Aging, Personal Mentoring, Spiritual Coaching, Spiritual Hypnosis, Vibrational Readings, and so much more. Julia, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and get to know y'all. It's really nice. You know, our good friend Augie uh, introduced us to you, and that's a real pleasure. Yeah, Augie and I really share the reverse aging platform. We just we can talk for hours about, about that one. But both of us are up there in age, so maybe that's why. <laughs> I just turned 61 and it's so much fun. And you know, a lot of it is in how you believe about aging. Yeah. It's definitely in the mind more than anything else. <laughs> Well, how did you, you know, you started, you kind of got into all this quite some time ago, 1996, um, and you were working in corporations. How were you balancing corporate life and then also this more intuitive and psychic life? When I was um, living in Mountain View, California, I was working, this is, believe it or not, I was a collection agency manager. So what I did for a living was I uh, led a, a legal department, 20 collectors. We would sue people to collect their debts. In California, you can do that, and you levy their uh, wages and put liens on their homes and tap their bank accounts. So that's the business I was in. And my um, adopted father died, and it just struck me one day, and I walked off my job. I just like I said, what am I doing? this is not me. This doesn't resonate to who I am. I can't do this anymore. I just walked off my job. I didn't give two weeks notice. It's just not like me. Um, and I walked across the street and they had this street called the El Camino. 
and they had just opened a bookstore. It was called the Psychic Eye Bookstore. I walked in, I got a job <laughs> for $5.50 an hour. I mean, I was making good money too. Uh, and part of my duties were to sweep the floors and clean the bathrooms and shelf books. And that's kind of how I opened up. I had this this huge were, were you were you grabbing books off the shelf and and reading them as exactly. or is it just being in the place it was this huge library of every book metaphysical from, from everything everything from dark to light there i mean and it was big it was like a warehouse size uh, bookstore not this little, this little corner wow. and they had readers there doing psychic readings and people kept coming up to me and I knew I was psychic and I was kind of uh, in the closet. I was in the closet pretty much. And people kept coming up to me and asking me to do readings. So I just, you know, I had like a hundred tarot decks to choose from, you know, 25 different tarot books. So I self-studied, learned the tarot and developed my own uh, method to read. It was all uh, divinely guided. Nobody taught me. And then I started to do readings through the bookstore and I so I stopped hmm. being a clerk and when you're waiting for people to walk in to give these readings you sit and read books so I started voraciously studying but the main thing that affected me was my father's death and I really wanted to know what happens when you die I mean it really made me think about my life what am I doing with my life it just kind of shook me up and I had had other people die in my life but I guess it was just the right time for me to just say I can't do this anymore. And it was quite a 360. And that's how I got started. Uh, yeah. I It's funny. I worked in a collection agency also for, for Nordstrom for over 20 years. Managed the dialer of our mm-hmm. collection department. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, there, are, I, I, there are no coincidences. Yeah. <laughs> People used to say, no you're the thing. nicest collector I've ever known. And here I am loving their bank accounts, you know. And I, so I was still, you know, I was still a good person, a nice person. It was just, it wasn't me, you know. And I realized I, I can't do this anymore. Um, so, But when I moved to Colorado... I moved to a very rural place. I was actually, I told you guys Woodland Park, but I was actually in Divide, which is about 10 miles farther in and then farther in. And it was very conservative. It was not Manitou Springs. Manitou Springs felt more like home, right? You know, but Mm -hmm. I was way up in the mountains. And so I tried to do the psychic phone line and that just drove me crazy because they're all about trying to keep people on the line and I'm all about integrity. And I was like, I can't do this. And so I stopped doing readings um, except for my private clients until um, 2017 when I opened my business. I just went back to corporate. And you said now you're done and now you're done in Texas, right? I am. I've been here for 20 years now. And it's still pretty conservative here. I was very nervous about coming out. I have this feeling, I don't know why I was afraid, but I was, you know, that people were going to judge me, I guess, burn me at the stake, whatever my mind, my mind was telling me. And my partner, and he was, he's a very conservative person. He's not into metaphysics. And he's like, what else can, do you do? Because we were talking about me starting business. I said, well, I loved giving readings. And I said, but I'm worried about what other people are going to think. And he said, Julia, he goes, you know, why do you worry about anybody that you don't know? If you respect somebody, you might want to be concerned about their opinion, but you can never be concerned about people you don't know and what they think about you. And I just went, he just hit me like, 
oh my gosh, he's so right. But you already you already knew he was going to say that, right? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Very funny. No, it was one of the biggest, wisest pieces of advice I'd ever been given. It just hit me in my heart. And I realized, oh my gosh, I am holding myself back and the rest of the world. And so now when people ask me what I do, I could say so many things. I could say, oh, I sell Julia oil or I represent anti-aging products. I always say, I'm a psychic. I I just come straight out the gate with that now. (laughs) And I kind of wait and you know what? Nobody has uh, demonized me or nothing. Everybody's just embraced me and it's been a beautiful experience. So it really took me, it was really my own mind, you know, (laughs) was keeping me from uh, doing what I really love most. And my mission statement is to teach love by being an example of love. And there's many different ways to do that. And uh, helping people, guiding people, uh, giving my gifts um, is just a brilliant way to do that. Yeah, well, it's so common, right? It's so common for so many people, because this this reality is not rooted in science yet. Some of it's becoming rooted in science, but it's not. And so it's really left up to the experiencer. And science doesn't have a place for experience. It only has a place for what it can prove. And so it's 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 hard when you're wanting to come out and just be what you know is such an integral part of you, right? Your gifts, what you want to share with people that you think are actual blessings, but then right. the fear of being shunned, which because through many past lives, that's that's what happened. You know, many people were killed or persecuted and silenced. So there's that that always comes up in the root um, for many people when they're experiencing, although they don't realize it at the time. And I was raised by atheists. I had a little bit of church for just a very short time. My mother yanked me out of church, said there was no God. God couldn't have made the earth earth in seven days. Think about that. Christians are evil. Christians are evil, not just, you know, they all they want is your money. And so that was like saying there is no Santa Claus to a little kid, you know. And I, because church was kind of my, a safe place because I had a very abusive mother in a very abusive family life. And so that kind of pulled the rug out from underneath me. But what I loved about that is that I found my own way spiritually. And I actually started down the Eastern uh, religious path first. I was just a voracious reader when I was a child. And I was having mystical experiences as a child. But I was telling Brian, I've always been skeptical my whole life. And even as a child, I was skeptical of my gifts. I didn't understand them. And sometimes they scared me and I didn't have anybody to talk to. But I started reading a lot of Herman Hess when I was about 13. And so, I mean, reading Siddhartha, but I didn't really know who Buddha was, right? Because nobody had taught me about Eastern religion. But I kind of went in the back door and I didn't read the Bible until I was in my 40s. And I actually had a pretty big spiritual experience in Colorado. And I was walking in Colorado in the mountains. We didn't have cell phones back then, no telephone wires. I mean, I'm up and 11,000 feet up and I heard an audible. I I get my guidance. I I call it divine guidance and comes in kind of like a ticker tape almost, but I don't normally hear a voice, but this time I heard read 
the Bible. And it sounded like James Earl Jones. I swear. <laughs> booming voice. And I stopped and I turned around and I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a, I just went, okay. <laughs> and so I told my then husband, I'm supposed to read the Bible. And he's like, really? Okay. I'll go get you. And so I tried to read it like a book and I'm a, really good reader but i'm like third word like what's a brethren you know there was all this language you can't read the bible like a book if you've never picked it up before and it took me a couple of years i had to get some stuff out of the way um uh, personally and then one day i opened it up and i could just read it like a first grade reader but i didn't read the uh, old testament i started with the new testament and I uh, read it and I just got, I fell in love with Christ consciousness is what we really call it, you know, with the Christ and, and his, and that's where I got my mission statement because after reading it, I go, well, this guy was not judging anybody and he was just being an example of love. And so I want to walk that walk. However, the Christians, when I joined a church, they were not too keen on tarot cards. And so, you know, so here you're getting that feeling of, okay, am I doing something that's wrong? And, you know, and they're saying, you know, fortune telling is bad and, and blah, blah. So there was a little bit of that that I experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I just kind of, I don't go to my church wearing my, you know, uh, devil card t-shirt you know I just keep it to myself and I don't throw it at them I go on mission trips with, through the Christian church and I take from it what I want and I enjoy my beautiful church here at the woodlands you know I, you know I just don't broadcast it but I I know that the tarot isn't evil I know it has a lot of my my deck the Rider Wake weight is full of biblical um, symbolisms um, so you know, you just kind of find a balance in it. And my pastor was actually talking about quantum physics a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, holy wow. I know. But think about it. I mean, things that Jesus did was very supernatural, you know, and he had crossed that line. He connected with the superconscious mind and he was able to do these uh, miracles, which I believe we probably all could do that if we you know, connected in the right way. So anyway, I haven't had any problem with it, even being in the Bible Belt here in Texas. And I'm just having a a wonderful time giving readings and helping others. I'm big into um, giving back and um, spiritual laws and spiritual principles. So having fun. (laughs) You mentioned that while you were reading the Bible and once you got to that point of, of understanding it, that you found your mission statement. What what is that? It's to teach love by being an example of love. That mm-hmm. was the message I received from reading. That's what I felt the Christ was doing. Uh, that was all really what I got out of it. <laughs> and so I said, well, I want to walk that walk. But, you know, when I received that message, I still kind of wasn't sure what that meant. I'm like, because, you know, you want to know why am I here, right? Everybody wants to know their life purpose. So the best way to find your life purpose is to ask, ask the divine, you know, show me what my life purpose is. Now, it might not happen that day. You might not hear a booming voice, read the Bible, but it'll come to you in different ways. And, you know, once you find your life purpose, it's, I think everything is so much better. And then you kind of can, it's like, 
your mission statement for your company, right? It's like your mission statement. I for think your one life, of the, that that whole idea of being the model and, uh, and teaching yeah. through being the model is something that was very apparent through Jesus Christ's teachings, but gets lost in a lot of the church. Um, I find, which is one of the issues I had being raised Catholic, was I just felt like they weren't being true to the actual teachings because, like you said, there was no judgment there. But yet a lot of people um, still judge, even though they call themselves a Christian or a Catholic or whatever, right? And let's face it, we all judge at some point, though we try not to, you know, we can have awareness around it and try to be better. But it's it's a very human thing to do because there's so much fear um, present around us, which I think is where it all the judgment roots. But that was like one of my issues. And I know it's an issue for a lot of people who've come out of um, some form of religious ties growing up uh, when they try to kind of go out on their own and understand what love or Christ or um, this idea of spiritual path means to them. So I think being the model is the best way for us to teach because you're walking the walk and people learn so much more through observance than through listening to a teaching. And from your own experiences, because part of another thing, part of the Christ did was the, his healing abilities. And, you know, and since then I have self-healed in many different ways, emotionally, physically, and um, some some one time it was a spontaneous healing but the other time like with my back issues that took me several years to figure out my recipe for self-healing because I feel everybody has their own recipe if they're going to self-heal I mean somebody might want uh, do meditation might work other people might want some EFT and meditation some people might need some spiritual hypnosis and some EFT you know I mean everybody has to find out what what's going on with them. And uh, I believe in a combination of different modalities is that's what worked for me personally, but uh, we definitely can self heal. I think Nicole can speak to that too. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think Lisa can speak to that as well. And Brian, Brian, I think too, to be honest, he's going through his own healing journey right now in this moment. Yeah. The thing is, it's all about don't, you have to observe when you go to a doctor. I, I definitely think you should go to doctors. I'm not saying you don't go. But when they tell you, when they said, Julia, your hip will never get better. Hips will only get worse. I just laughed. I love those kinds of challenges from doctors. And I just, I laughed, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, just say that, you know, don't tell people that kind of stuff. Because I knew, you know, there was something wrong with my hip, but I needed to know what it was. Or she's another one said, oh, you have arthritis in your neck like that. Like, just like, I go, really? Uh, on one to 10, how bad? You know, and she's kind of looking at me because I'm smiling. She goes, oh, it's about an eight. And I go, well, let me look, see it. So she showed it to me on the x-ray. I go, Thank you. <laughs> and she was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I have no arthritis pain in my neck, but I was glad to know it. But I don't, didn't believe her. You know, when she's, oh, it's bad or never, you can't cure it. Right. You cannot believe their diagnosis and because if you believe it, it will be, you will have, you know, yeah. So then you have to go figure out, okay, well, what do I need to do to, um, you know, get, 
not have that ailment, you know, what's the underlying factors in it? And for me, meditation is crucial and uh, tuning your frequency. We're all vibration. So hummingbirds are all vibratory and I call my readings vibrational readings. And so I'm all about energy. I think Lisa, you're all about light, right? And so there's energy, light, color, um, and vibration, but we're all, we all have our own frequency and we're all like, we all have our own call out numbers, you know, radio station call out numbers. So I, you know, that's like the number one thing that I do do every day is attune my frequency. And I do that using music. Um, so if you're listening to the music, frequency music in the background, like I'm playing it right now in the background, say I'm heart in training. And if you're using your headsets, which your brain in training, so you need to entrain your uh, frequency. And then once you do a brain entrainment and heart entrainment, then you just need to listen to a few songs every day to sync your frink. I call it sync your frink. frink. Yeah. Frink, <laughs> like frequency. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Frink, not freak. <laughs> I guess you could think you're freak, but think your frequency, think my freak every day. And that's probably my number one tip for also reversing the aging process too. Because once your frequency is tuned and then your super conscious mind can function so much better. So when you're sleeping is when they, it does its overhaul, right? And when you're mm -hmm. tuned, you, you're, it's like having your car tuned up. You know, if your car's running low on oil, it's not going to run well. If you put, keep it, you know, oil change and everything, it's going to be able to heal itself better. And you know, everything is better, actually. So frequency is extremely important. Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of um, scientific studies and evidence pointing to the fact that meditation does reverse the signs of aging by lengthening the telomeres. Um, of our body, which we had Augie on a couple times to talk about that. It's interesting because when you talked about the doctor and the arthritis and the neck and you're like, oh, thank you. Like, you know, and you used meditation. Did I, I'm curious to know, because I've noticed this in my own um, observance of my body when I'm meditating, uh, because I believe our bodies are constantly talking to us. And that's what a lot of these ailments are. They're just messages from the body to tell us, hey, you're missing something. You're not mm -hmm. in tune with something. You're out of alignment on something. So when you're, when the doctor like said, oh, you've got arthritis in the neck, one of the things I've recognized through my meditation is that the flexibility of my spine increases after a meditation session. So like I feel like I actually start getting adjustments in my spine just from sitting still and straight and meditating. Have you experienced any of that? Uh, no, but I, I'm seeing and hearing my, my guidance is telling me something about spinal fluid is also flushing through your body. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm getting received. And now I'm getting in my incoming messages. So the angels are here. I call them my angels and I call them incoming messages. So some things that I know, I don't really know, but I get divine messages through. And I was hearing something about the washing of the spinal fluid. And I'm not, I'm not a tech, real technical person and I'm not a uh, expert on the body. Like I didn't take, you know, I'm not a licensed massage therapist and learned everything about the body. I, I'm just, in, it's a more of an intuitive on those kind of things. But to me, it's a connecting with the superconscious mind and all that is or divine guidance or some people call it God. But some, if you say God, they trigger a bit. To me, see, God is light. God is not a person. 
it's not a big guy up there. You know, even though I heard a voice that that was not God, that that voice was not God. God is light to me. But um, yeah, it's connecting your conscious mind, the gatekeeper, your super conscious mind. To me, I see it as a computer, but I'm a very visual person. And when I want to bring all my different parts together, I want to bring my super conscious mind, my conscious mind, my higher self, and then connect to all that it is and have a little meeting. I call it a committee meeting. So now I see the super conscious mind as like an AI, like a Spock, you know, because he's very logical and he just runs the programs and, you know, and he, <laughs> he keeps <laughs> the body going and everything. So it was hilarious when I got that vision so I could bring him into the circle. It, it's really just about all of those parts being in coherence, right? And so you've got your heart, mind, coherence, and that's a huge, huge, huge thing uh, for healing is getting, you know, that second brain, which is in your heart, connected to your, your mind. And then when we're all in agreement, we can tap into superconscious mind, all that is infinite intelligence. That's where you're going to receive the healing from it. But Sometimes it takes a while and you cannot give up before the miracle happens. And some people are like, well, it's just not happening. I've been doing meditating for two years. Well, keep meditating. We want immediate results, instant gratification, or we give up. I know we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work on the first try. It's just not working. And I, or I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, oh, that's another one. There, and I'm an advanced student of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. know who he is, but you know, he says there is no bad meditation. I love that, and I just tell that to anybody that's saying, "Am I doing this right?" or "How do you do it?" or "Do you know anybody that's been healed?" Like, you know, it's like it doesn't matter. Just do it whatever way you can meditate, laying down, on standing on your head, you're walking. Uh, while you're doing the dishes I mean just different types of meditating and some of us have a harder time being that silent like I don't know how Nicole did 10 days of silent meditation I was reading that and I was like oh <laughs> it's like I read her book and she did a retreat with 10 days and I was like wow no, that there, was amazing. there were times I literally felt like I was in hell yeah, I'm not a lie. <laughs> it really, I was, I was thinking about every 3D activity, like shopping, eating at restaurants, gambling in Vegas, like all these things. I was like, that would be so much more fun than this right now. <laughs> Your conscious mind was like pacing back and forth like a trapped animal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, uh. yeah. But of course, then you have those moments of mm-hmm. pure, like just. Oh, contentment bliss and they just have so much more they override everything else that's why you're doing it yeah and it sounded like your experience was almost like an nde experience you know near-death experience when you get you're that structured and you're meditating for that long and you're gonna you're gonna connect you know and that's when the miracle that's when the fun stuff starts to go the mystical experiences and becoming supernatural Yeah, I was talking actually to a friend this weekend, and we were kind of talking about this idea of like leaving your body and how you never really leave your body fully, but your consciousness is much more outside of your body than in your body at the present time, like, for instance, how we're all chatting right now. And I feel like in that moment, my consciousness was much more outside of my body than in it. Because my awareness just didn't I did not 
feel my body at all. Right. And when I was really young, I was, I think I was about seven or eight. I was, my mother would put me to bed at like seven 30. I don't know why. And I was wide awake and I was bored and I'm staring out at the stars and I'm like, I want to go to another planet. And, and then boom, I was like uh, on another planet with these two beings. And I mean, I knew I was on another planet because there's these huge moons that were moons, plural (laughs) in the sky. And I'm like, and I just like said, take me home, take me home, take me home. And the two beings were very feeling very beautiful and you know, they weren't scary or anything. I couldn't really see them. I could just sense them. And so, you know, then I'm back in my body and I'm like, then I'm kind of like even as skeptical as a kid. Oh, I must've been dreaming, you know, but I knew it was not a dream. I mean, it was, it was pop out of my body. And so those kind of things happened to happen to me when I was younger and in psychic experiences too, when I was really young. And, but I always kept, then I, I was so logical. It's like, well, it's probably because you were watching Star Trek, you know, but it wasn't anything like any Star Trek. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was really, really real. What did uh, the planet look like? Do you remember? Do you have any recollection you know, of it? I was, yeah, I was on it. I was on water. There was water like a, like an ocean, like I was on the beach, kind of looked kind of like a beach, but it was the sky that freaked me out because these moons or the planets were hanging really, really close, like huge. It wasn't like when you look at the moon, it's way far away. It was like right there in front of me, but there was more than one. There was a couple of different ones kind of scattered around the sky. So I knew I wasn't on earth, mm-hmm. you know, because there was so many of them. And the one was really, really close and kind of bright, um, kind of a bright colored, almost, I want to say gold. I'm looking at it right now, but yeah, that really is like, wow. So that's really interesting <laughs> because I was, um, Lisa and I have a mutual friend uh, who may come on the podcast at some point. And I was speaking with him and he was telling me that um, <clears throat> there are planets close to earth, closer than the moon that are cloaked at this current time. Oh, that's interesting. And so uh, when you talked about this idea of the um, the moon being a lot and the planets being a lot closer than what we see them here on Earth, it made me think of when he told me that. And um, that as like, oh, well, if they're closer, then we would be able to see them much close, bigger than the moon is showing up. And he's like, yep. I'm like, wow. oh. Interesting. But they're cloaked. Yeah, there's cloaking devices over these planets for whatever reasons that certain agencies don't want us to know about. You know, um, Julia, for our audience, because this is actually a really very simple topic, but it happens a lot for everyone. This is something a lot of people can relate to. And I'd love for you to share your wisdom or knowledge or perspective on it. Being an intuitive mm-hmm. and um having a partner who's much more skeptical and logical, uh, how does, how do you integrate the, the both of you in a relationship that's loving and mutually respectful? You know, he's been pretty open and, um, uh, meditation, music, and massage, those three things are very, um, yeah. Not, not romantic. That's not the right word. It's just things that make you feel good, things that are universal. And so 
I started with him just, you know, I, I bought a massage table. I am not a licensed massage therapist, but I have guided, I do guided massage with him. And so I put on some uh, chakra meditation music and I started him that way. And I taught him how to leave his body because I, I, you know, I do spiritual hypnosis, relax your legs, relax your feet, breathe. And he just went along with me with, with it because it's not, I mean, it's, not that far out there, right? And um, I healed his knees. And once I healed his knees, <laughs> he was a little more open to it. So, I mean, that's just like one way. And then he wanted a reading. So I did a reading for him. And we don't, I don't hardly give him readings at all. I think I've given two in five years. So it's not like, but he was just open to it. Um, but I mean, it's not on his list to go to a Dr. Joe Dispenza advanced workshop. He probably, I'd probably go by myself, which is fine. You know, um, I don't expect him to be into everything that I'm into just to respect it and be respectful of it. And he is, and, you know, and same with his views and his viewpoint, but, but I mean, he is an oil man from Oklahoma. He's conservative, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a you know, from California girl, and, <laughs> no, raised by hippies. And it's, so we are really, really different, but it doesn't, you know, we still love each other and um, mutual respect, but that's a really good question. But I just kind of, you know, brought him into it easy with the massage and the music, you mm-hmm. know, and then, um, he goes, I can feel it when you, cause he'd have his legs, cl- his eyes closed, but I, I would wave, you know, how you wave your hands over the aura of the body doing Reiki healing. I'm not trained in all of this, but I just do it, uh, with divine guidance. He's like, I can feel it when you're putting your hands over me. And I'm like, Oh, doesn't it feel good? <laughs> He's like, yeah. So, I mean, so I just kind of introduced him to it that way. And that seemed to work pretty good. And I don't talk about it all the time. And I have my own friends and, you know, that, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, spaceships and symbols and <laughs> stuff like that. Right. I just kind of keep that to talk with you guys. Right. So I don't want to, you know. But- well, yeah, because we're multidimensional people and there's so many different aspects to yourself that um, yeah. can bridge, can bridge the gap, so to speak, you know. I, and I think that that's important to find those common bridges that help bridge the gap, but then also have an allowance for sharing some of those things that, you know, are still part of you, but the other person may not completely understand, but still have the respect of knowing that they don't have to believe it. But if there's a mutual respect of sharing, then that I feel is, um, is, is the most important thing. Like you said, you love each other. And that's the most important and thing. He loves college football. And I have, had never been to a college football game in my life. I was a 49er fan back in the day, but I'm now into college football with him. And I actually enjoy it because it takes me completely out of my psychic realm, completely. And I know it's a, um, a pendulum is what they call it in uh, reality. Transurfing. I mean, you know, it's, you know, they've got a group of 100,000 people screaming for a team and another, you know, but it's fun energy for me. It takes me out of my, I don't think about my podcast. I don't think about readings. I don't think about angels. I don't, and, and then I'm in his world, you know, and I'm having a good time. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think it's good that you 
can relate to their world too a little bit. You know, you need to share. You can't just be, oh, and I'm not into football. I'm too, you know, I'm into the angels, you know. <laughs> so you can kind of, you know, try to share some of their world too. And, and, and I actually enjoy it though. And I like the way it kind of takes me out of my whole realm <laughs> completely, you know, enjoy it. So now I don't watch five games on Saturday. He might all be in, you know, reading um, Nicole's book or something, you know, <laughs> I'm doing my own thing in my own room. Um, but, you know, you just share each other's interests. And I think that helps a lot. I think it's a good balance, actually, because uh, like a balloon, I could float right off the earth. <laughs> and it kind of grounds me sometimes. And like the football grounds me, right? I get completely away from all my metaphysical. I don't hear, you know, you know incoming boy angels or you know, I'm watching a good football game and I'm getting into it and I'm enjoying it with him. And, and he enjoys the, you know, the massages and healings and the music. He loves the frequency music. I mean, we, he sinks his frequency every night too. <laughs> yes. Because I play it every night when we're sleeping. So uh, what frequency? Well, it's a variation. I listen to Ted Winslow and he's actually out of, of Colorado. He's my go-to guy for frequency music. That's who I recommend. So. It's, oh, cool. is, it, is it one particular frequency or well, the Delta uh, is the ones I use for evening for sleep because that's the deep. And then the, the, he has a variation, like he has about five or six, seven different albums out on iTunes that have all different frequencies. There's one for fairies. There's one for, um, there's gamma frequencies. And, the, and that's like, you can use those to work out with. Um, but yeah, I just play a variety of those during the day. You can't drive with them though, because they'll put you straight into theta. And you don't want to drive in theta. <laughs> that with brain tap, the theta and the delta. Yeah. Why don't you want to drive in theta? <laughs> yeah, because you're like, it's theta is what where the brainwave frequency would be at if you're hypnotized. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think some people are driving in that's, theta that's when exactly I'm. Exactly <laughs> <what I'm thinking. laughs> are <laughs> uh, well you've got um a youtube channel and now is this your youtube channel your book um interviews or is that something else yeah my youtube channel is hummingbird joel and i do do the book interviews solutions a book review show for mind readers and so i put that i do that weekly it's just a 30 minute um show where i showcase the author and it's spiritually minded books, although I did have one author that he taught um, about the publishing side of, um, of writing books, but he was just hysterical and funny. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be really a boring read. And I was reading his book and he just had me cracking up. He was a great speaker. And um, so it was more like how to, you know, do Amazon and how to write, how to copyright and describe mm. your um, cop so your books will sell better. But mostly they're spiritual topics, and so. Oh, and and I guess you've had such a passion for books; it makes sense that you would kind of launch this uh, channel for yourself. Yeah, it makes perfect sense for me actually, because I just love reading, and I also am a really good writer, and I love writing too. I write a blog um, off of my website, which is hummingbird-jewel.com, 
you know, I'm teaching spiritual laws. Uh, I write a blog every month on a spiritual law. And then I have a monthly radio show with Cornelia Stephanie, Heaven on Earth. And the first segment, we cover spiritual law. So I've been guided to do this for 12 months and from divine guidance. Yeah, I said, okay, there's a book. By the end of 12 months, I'll have my book. But you can read my blogs. I have one on the law of vibration. That's going to tell you all about frequency, cause and effect, and uh, the law of compensation and the law of oneness. I'm really big into meditation with, I'm a member of 1 million meditators. And we've been doing 15 minute meditation podcasts globally every couple of months for two years and we're mm. ideas to roll together one million people to meditate and so the law of oneness is a, a big one for me on that and uh, so that's a lot of fun oh cool well i was wondering do you want to close off the show with a little tarot reading we can who wants to be the victim well i thought maybe we could do something that the whole audience could benefit from like, could you do something along the lines of doing a reading for like some of the spiritual lessons the collective will be experiencing for 2020? We can just see what comes up. Let's just do that. Okay. Unless Lisa or Brian, you really want. <laughs> no, I've had, I've had several. Let me just write down 2020. I've never done a reading like this, so let's see what happens. <clears throat> Okay, so I need you and anybody that's listening <laughs> to, but it's just us right now recording, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I need the, all of us to think about the year 2020 and just clear your minds and relax. And I call out to the positive powers of the universe, to my guides, masters, and angels, assist me to open psychically and become a channel for the light. And this is for the benefit of all of us and all knowing for the year 2020. Okay, thank you. I'm just gonna shuffle the cards. So I use the Rider Waite deck and it takes place in medieval times. So it has kings and queens and peasants, it has four different suits. The wands look like long sticks with leaves growing out of them. The, uh, that has to do with money, relationship, excuse me, money, career, things like that. Then the cups have to do with emotions. Uh, the swords have to do with contrast in life, the angst of life, and then the pentacles with the finances. And then there's 28 major arcana cards, which are the big secrets. The other ones are the little secrets. The first card we have is the Four of Pentacles. This is a card that has to do with money issues. It's about how we need to um, be careful on our planning. Uh, we want to, I have a philosophy which is save some, S-U-M, spend some, S-U-M, and um, save some, spend some and give some. So you want to have a balance with your money and it's a good thing to have a money plan. Uh, things are, might be a little bit tight for us in our economies, but it's nothing that we can't overcome if we're smart about things and have balance. What's crossing us is the moon. It is a major iconic card 
So there's going to be several choices on which way we go as a, um, I'm, I'm hearing as a people, I'm hearing as a people, as a community, um, we'll have choices and, and there's going to be a destiny. And so we're going to need to really clear out um, some of the old and that means i'm seeing the lobster coming through which is the subconscious mind so it's about reprogramming okay it's reprogramming some of the old and replacing uh kind of like i'm seeing like um old, old software out new software in uploading so we're going to clear out some of the old stuff we're going to bring in some of the new because we're going to have a choice on which way we're going to be going we're going to have the choices and we want to not have the conflict as much anymore so we're going to try to make the right choice for our destiny and the nine of pentacles is showing up and that has to do with feeling comfortable with who we are as beings feeling uh demonstrating self-love and it also has to do with abundance and um being happy with what we have and being happy whether we attain something or not will polarize so in other words in other words say you have a goal and you want to reach this goal you have to be you know you act as if you have the goal yes but then act as if you don't have the goal right so that polarizes it like you're going to be okay whether you have it or you don't and when you do that you're taking off um all the i guess importance is a good way to put it upon these goals and it polarizes it and things will flow for us much better we also have the emperor and in the past and this is in the past of this distant recent past we were under more regulatory regulations sternness um, that's kind of going out and we're going to have more of emphasis on openness and uh, I'm hearing openness and it's kind of like the the rules are okay, but they won't be as strict and as strong. We're going to be melding more. We're going to be opening more. We're going to be um, bringing in some kinder, softer management into and, and and this is like in this is talking about politics this is real weird i don't get politics ever <laughs> so it's the kind of kinder softer way uh, is what i'm hearing and then above us we have uh the eight of swords so the eight of swords is telling us this we're gonna make it through whatever comes at us no matter what it doesn't matter if things are going bad if things are going good we will find our way. So in this card, the, the woman has a blindfold and she has, uh, she's wrapped with a, um, a rope, kind of a cloth rope around her, but she's walking through the swords anyway. And she's finding the opening, even though there's all these swords standing like a fence, she finds her way and she walks through it, even though she can't see. So we'll be going through things um, that are, are hardships, no matter what and so we'll just find our way 
And then the last card, we have the Ace of Swords. It's just, so Aces are always new beginnings. Swords, again, I'm hearing overcoming hardships, overcoming angst, um, out with the old, in with the new. That's the reading. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> wow, you really made me stretch here. I know <laughs> politics. Wow, that's cool. I mean, I usually only read a person, so that was interesting reading a time. It's interesting when you had the um the four of pentacles come up crossed by the moon. 2020 is the four a year a four year, right? And we know we've talked about how 20 a lot of people are talking about how 2020 is the year of perfect vision. And with the moon crossing it, the moon often talks about like confusion, things not being totally clear yet. Right. Um, mind. Yeah. And so I just thought that was so interesting that that was the heart of the spread because things are going to become so clear to us with that ace of swords coming out, you know, that brings in all that clarity, that perfect 2020 vision of all the things that used to be hidden will now come to the surface. A new beginning. Yeah, that was, that was a great reading. Thank you. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I love it when I'm stretched. I mean, that's like just the most, that's just awesome. That was a lot of fun. So, I, Julie, do you want to tell everyone um, where they can find you and get more information? If they want to contact you for their own reading or anything like that, can you that give them your details? Great. So Hummingbird Jewel, you can pretty much Google Hummingbird Jewel and I'll pop up. And even my Facebook, I used to go by Hummingbird Jewel. I didn't use my name, Julia Rogers, and then Facebook shut me down and made me put my real name up. So for years, people knew me as Hummingbird Jewel. And if you, if you go to Facebook and you put in Hummingbird Jewel, Julia Rogers will pop up. My website is Hummingbird dash jewel.com a little dash in between it but my uh, youtube and i'm really needing subscribers because it's a brand new baby channel so <laughs> i would love to have people subscribe and that's under the name hummingbird jewel so hummingbird jewel at yahoo.com is my email and uh, my facebook profile is open to the public so you can find me there Instagram, same thing, Twitter, you know, all the good stuff. But yeah, I'd love to hear from you. I know my website's full of all kinds of fun things, and my blog has some good articles to read about spiritual laws, and um, and I do reverse aging coaching, and um, so I have a holistic line that I represent. Oh, great. And would you like to leave the audience with a, um, with a message of one of your uh, most favorite teachings that you've learned that you think is beneficial to others to have? Sure. Um, do we have time for me to read the Oath of Manifestation? Because I love to share that because it's one that's really worked for me. Absolutely. Sure. Okay. So the Oath of Manifestation is it's about the law of attraction or assumption where you're going to act as if. And I started practicing this when I was a, working as a nanny, 50 hours a week, um, working my fingers to the bone. <laughs> and I now have a really beautiful lifestyle and uh, a wonderful life that I used this. So I like to share it. It's not mine. It's by agapi.com. I accept and receive unexpected good, unexpected money, unexpected love, unexpected kindness, unexpected generosity, unexpected offers, unexpected prosperity coming in unexpected ways from unexpected places in my life and the life of others. 
I am constantly guided and boldly empowered to receive the lavish abundance of the universe. I accept the principle that abundance and prosperity have already been given to me. My acceptance makes it real and opens the space for manifestation to rush in. I open wide the doors of my consciousness to receive and to give. It is done now. Through this oath of manifestation, all things are possible. I declare absolutely that I live in a friendly universe that's always providing for me. I feel it powerfully happening now. I'm open to receive more abundance and to give more abundance than I've ever experienced before. I can afford anything I desire. In fact, I'm so prosperous, I need never worry again. I am grateful for all that I already have and grateful for all that I am ready to give. I keep myself lifted in high consciousness, no matter what the appearances are. God is all there is and I let the God times roll. And so it is. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I love the uh, emphasis. <laughs> it was good. Yes. Yeah. With two or more. But if I'm by myself, I'll just turn, there's several people that have done it on YouTube. I'll just turn a YouTube on and I'll say it with them. Oh. <laughs> well, I think if you say it in front of the mirror, then you got two people. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or more. Yeah. <laughs> myself and I. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Julia, for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you on here. We're going to leave all of your information in the show notes so people can easily find you. And um, everyone, please check out her YouTube channel and help support her. She's doing some great work and supporting others in expanding their own spiritual gifts and knowledge. So thanks again, Julia. And thank you to our audience. If you guys have any questions, we do have some guests coming up that will be able to answer some of them. Mary Ducina will be back on the show in a couple of weeks. So if you have any questions for her, uh, please send them into our email, info at enlightenup.us. We love you guys so much and we'll be back with you next week. Bye. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're interested in contacting Nicole or myself for some coaching or any of the other services we provide, you can find out more about Nicole at inflexibleme.com. And my website is lisaloveslove.com. Thank you again for joining us and supporting our show. And we will be back with you all next week.